From WBEZ Chicago and the uncharted frontier, this is Pleasure Town. Around the turn of the last century, a group of folk built their dream, a town where happiness was the main objective. But as history has shown, war is always coming. So, cause a scene and join us as we charge forward into Pleasure Town. You know, Sai, nothing I hate more than wearing a fancy suit. Well, my friend, the good thing is your suits didn't stay fancy for very long. True. The same could be said about when we tried to fancy up our town. No, Pleasure Town didn't take to streamers and bunting. The few times we tried proved our people didn't really have a Sunday best side to them. I'd say that applied to them both inside and out. You can tie a bow tie on a bull, but you're still going to defecate in your yard. Which is probably why the first time a politician campaigned in Pleasure Town was also the last. But we mustered as much warmth as we could for him on that chilly Oklahoma day. Helped that the old windbag was full of hot air. Lately, the days around here tend to blend straight into the next. I think it's Monday. Or hell, it could be Saturday. I think it's Saturday, yes, because the president is in town for some type of celebration. Anniversary of Oklahoma. (laughs) So silly. We celebrate anniversaries to prove something existed like we don't know. Doesn't seem like there's much celebrating to be had these days. Or existing. With half the town getting burnt up and... stop? Stop what? What'd I say? Complaining all the time. Let them celebrate if they want to go. I didn't say... You did. Or you implied it. I thought you were sleeping. Trying. This excuse for a tent ain't exactly cozy. You need another blanket or something? I think we got a little tea that I can... I can heat up. Evelyn, I'm fine. Calm down. You're always buzzing around. I'm just trying to help. Well, don't. Look how far that's got you. All right, then. I'm sorry. I didn't mean that. I'm just worried about Jerome and... You know he's not coming back, right? That's not true. He just went out for a show to travel, to go out and make a little money. He's been gone for some time. What is it, six months now? Five months. Three weeks and six days. How you know that? I can barely remember what day it is now. It's Sunday. Oh. Florence, I think... Well, I don't think Jerome is coming back. Of course you don't. You don't have no hope. But Flo, he's been gone like this before. Two months at a time, maybe three, but six. Five. Whatever it is. I don't think he's coming back, little sister. Well, I think he is. He has to. Why? Why not? I mean, isn't this enough for you? Being here with everybody? Are you serious? 
We lost everything in that fire. But him being here changes that. Yes, absolutely. I don't... Of course you don't understand, Evie. You are different. You came out of Mama's womb a whole person. Walking, talking. You don't need nobody. You never did. I'm just not like that. I want someone next to me who's not obligated to be there. Love that's not hereditary. That's what I want. It's a woman's thing. That's a Florence thing. Maybe. But it's true. I do. Sometimes, every now and then, want someone next to me who's not obligated to be there. I do. It doesn't even have to be a man, just... someone, you know? I guess I'm just more of the mind that'll happen when it's right. When the time's right. But you don't even know what day it is anymore. I'm fine with not knowing. I never thought I would be, but I am. I don't even know exactly when it happened, but I know one day I woke up here and I was all right not knowing what day it was. I was all right not knowing who I'd meet today. I was all right not having everything planned out for me. I think it's got something to do with this place. It's as though I had to give up the part of myself that liked to control things so that I could exist. Fully. Does that make sense? Out there, I had to plan things, set expectations for protection. And though it took some time, for sure, I came here and just gave all that up. Let go of it all, so... Well, so I could be me. <laughs> Which kind of don't make no sense, right? No. It does. I guess. I guess I never thought of it that way. I don't know if I had either. I also think you're a better person than me. Well, that's not true. But I think it. Well, don't. I do. A lot. It don't do us no favors. No. I guess not. Flo? Flo, you awake? Well, all right then. Guess you couldn't wait outside forever, could you, Scamp? Didn't mean to be disturbing you and your guest shaman, John, but those pies smell awful good. Now this batch is close to being done. Come on over. Sure thing. Now don't get too close to the fire now. Skin burns easy. That's the folly of the armor we're born with. 
We are thoughts and feelings chasing around bone like iron scaffolds tall and tight, bound with muscle and sinew like leather belts, all on the verge of snapping. But it takes a mighty misstep for that to happen. We are built so simply strong. And yet, we are dipped in a candle coating that burns too damn easy. This dough here, the little I could find, that's a tough shell that only gets tougher the more you cook it. Inside, those apples get soft, but stay protected, only sweetening and getting warm as they cook. Put a man in a fire, and he goes cold. Huh, I see. Here, you look hungrier than me. Take this half and share it with your ma, pa, and baby sis. You sure, shaman? There ain't much food these days. I have plenty. Now run along. Thanks. Boy didn't even recognize me. He's only a boy, Mr. President. He wouldn't know you lest you were a gunslinger or a gal with big blue eyes. If I'm to be any kind of example, I should burn into the mental collective of the herd. Plenty of folks will remember President Roosevelt, I expect. Do you mind an old man and his habit? Not at all. Assuming you don't mind mine. No man is immune to routine. In fact, he craves it. Something the world and its nature could learn from. Often, it is all we have to expect. The unexpected. The chaos and the void. All we have to expect, son. The only true comfort is the fire in the snow. But I expect this town has had its share of burning embers. I find all things can be useful and hurtful. Whatever the situation calls for. Right you are, Pastor. You say they call these pies crab lanterns down here, in these parts. We called it fried pie back in Utah. We call them the same in Manhattan. I'm more partial to a Sag Hill sand tart. Mother would make them regularly. But a fried pie is hot and full, and I will not spurn something so robust. Much like this town. A humble hamlet cooked by a raging holocaust, yet its innards remain unsinged. This town does not breed the weak. Nor should any American town, son, especially in the great state of Oklahoma, ten years old today. No more than ever we need men of such metal. A larger fire rages, and its conflagration threatens the very life of the country as a whole. The war is coming. Son, war is always coming, going, or waiting, and it's up to us, the strong-backed and fireproof, to come to the burning front when it is here. With all due respect, Mr. President, we are not made of metal. That's what Wilson would have us believe, cowardly as a spineless ostrich. To follow a man like that is to risk another Lusitania, and we dare not suffer that fate again. Maybe if we remind all men that we are nothing but skin and meat and bone, we may never have to suffer at all. Pastor, how I wish that were a possibility in the savage hunterscape of the human experience. I do not think we will ever reach that peace. A concession all too easy made. Need I remind you to whom you are addressing? I find no weakness in a soft concession. Well, bully for you. 
What harm could be in letting it all pass us by like a tide? Sitting back and going under the wave. It may not be the wave you'd like. Can you imagine a German America? A land void of anything we hold dear. So long as a man may roll an apple into a pie, I have no reason to want more or less. But there are those, son, who would have just that. Your pleasure. We must charge into the belly of the beast and kill the heart that beats us from our freedoms. If that pansy whelp of a man you call president of ours would lend me a boat and some stout men to steer it, instead of shrinking like an eel at the first sign of conflict, we'd be across that damn ocean, ending this wretched nightmare tomorrow. (coughs) Pardon me. Must just be the chill in the air. Keep your eye on that next batch there, Pastor. Wouldn't want to ruin a perfectly good apple dessert. Funny thing about apples, Mr. President. The Bible tells us to eat one was the first sin, as if the sweetness born abound in this world was not for us, as if any pleasure or joy is a glass of water just set out of reach of us to test our mettle, to see if we'd fail. If you take that as gospel, joy is a danger. I'd like to think of joy as the dough, keeping us sweet as the fire gets hot. Metal would cook that damn apple to cinders. What good is walking into the fire if what you're wearing is going to burn you to nothing? We are made of skin, Mr. President. And skin burns too damn easy. This batch is done. Diane, it's less painful than you'd think. Strange thing is, for a moment, you can feel your presence in both worlds at once, like how I felt my body sinking, but I also felt it just floating. And then, suddenly, you're just in this darkness. But it's not you anymore. There's no body. Just just a feeling of existing. And projected onto this darkness like shadow on top of shadow is your life. Your whole entire life. And then there's more, much more. A supreme sort of knowledge. That's how I learned about the power of the Sintamani. Sure, I knew it was special, but I didn't realize what absolute power it holds. Turns out it grants wishes, and with each wish, it saps something out of you. Takes a bit of your life until it takes it all. Seems like a tall tale, I know, but I saw it happen. From my perch in the afterlife, I was staring at the dark canvas of the abyss, and all of a sudden I see a woman. She rests on a soft chase lounge as her male companion stuffs what appears to be a corpse, yes, Mud's corpse, into a large sack. She's got my eyes. She's got my golden hair. Once the man departs, she places a stone into her palm, a palm that appears just as soft as the lounge on which she sits. She whispers, Oh, Sintamani, 
portal to the ancient gods of the East. Now that I have you to myself, I sense your power. I shall use you as you were intended. Oh, Sintamani, transform me, disguise me, grant me a false form so that I may walk among my neighbors and remain unseen. As the words leave her lips, the stone emits a radiant glow that grows into a blinding light. As the brightness recedes, I see that the stone's brilliance has lost a bit of its sheen, and so too has the woman, a woman I recognize as my own daughter. My daughter, Adrienne, my baby girl, my baby girl who lived. I reach out to the image. I want to touch her, to stroke her cheek, the same cheek that nestled against my nursing breast. And then the image fades to black, and I'm once again submerged in the formless void of the afterlife. Then there's a flicker of light. Another ephemeral picture appears before me. It... It's Adrienne, many years later, sitting in the schoolhouse, which is now scorched floorboards and cinder. The stone's disguise shrouds her, yet I am able to see beneath its veil of trickery. She looks so frail. In her hand is the stone, which she brings to her lips. I wish... I wish to know my mama. I wish to know Goldie. I wished for you, Mama. I wished to know you. Oh, child, I can see that beneath your disguise you are weak. How can that be when I feel stronger than ever? I have the stone and all its power. Yes, the Sintamani stone. It gives, but it also takes. The strength you feel is not yours. It is the stone. How do you know all this? Because in death, knowledge becomes universal. Then tell me, why did you abandon me? Is that what you believe? You were taken, my dear, by your father. But your anger is not misplaced. I was too full of hatred for myself to have any room to love. It is my greatest regret. Can... Can I touch you? I have a brother. Yes, but uh, I could see your memories. The tree, the stars, Bulger. Bulger! Please, God, I know I'm not deserving. I know I lived a miserable life, but if you're listening, if I'm even in your domain, please, please protect my baby girl. Pleasure Town will return in a moment.
It was hard not to get a little intoxicated on all the excitement. The old bull moose was in town, giving his pretty speeches, kissing the ladies' cheeks and grasping the men's hands and those big bear paws of his. The way folks were falling all over him, you wouldn't think half of them would have happily strung him up back when he was president. But that's fame for you, I reckon. You get a little bit of that glamour about you, and it doesn't really matter what the substance is beneath it. Folks just want some of that magic for themselves. The town needed it. I guess maybe we all did. The war in Europe had put a darkness over our moods, and anything that distracted from it was welcome. Happiness is like a disease, I believe. A little bit can be contagious. I'm a man riddled with the disease of happiness. Hell, you could ask anybody and they'd tell you. <laughs> Mr. Bolger, always full of the happy. I love those people. I love that place. Out there in the West, with grit and ingenuity, with determination and a clear eye, you could forge your own dream. God knows me and my mommy did that very thing. So I guess I felt a responsibility to those people. I wanted to maintain that happiness for them. Keep my smile bright. It was good for business, sure, but more than that, I thought it was good for the soul of Pleasure Town. Now, about old Roosevelt. I didn't feel much one way or the other about the man. Most folks were no fans of international adventurism. They figured those Europeans should sort their own mess. So his war stumping didn't sit too well around the settlement. But I figured he's just a man with a job to do. So when he came into Bulger's necessities, I greeted him with the kindliness and the cheer that I was known for. He allowed me a brief nod of acknowledgement. His eyes didn't even meet mine, already roving all over the particulars of my stock. That was fine by me. Since Mama's death, not looking people in the eyes made it easier to smile. He was followed inside by all his yes-men and his bodyguards, and before you knew it, Bulger's necessities was as crowded as it had been in years. It was an odd thing, seeing this great man, this strider of continents, who drags legends and mythologies behind him like a string of tin cans, standing in my modest place and putting his meaty fingers all over the humble wares I had assembled over the years. I couldn't figure out if it diminished him or exalted my store. It took me a minute to realize that I had it backwards. It was my store that was diminished. His presence exposed the lie. My place was shabby with him in it, full of lies and stolen goods. It hit me like a mule kick. I stood there with my stupid grin on my face, feeling like I was about to lose my breakfast all over the floor. Bulger's necessities. What exactly was necessary? All those lovely things taken from their rightful owners, resold to the people of Pleasure Town who never troubled themselves over rumor or curiosity. Was that why Mama did it? Was that why she finished off that last bottle and filled her pockets with rocks? Walked into the river and left me alone? 
I could feel that black water fill me up sometimes too, rising up from my gut and making my brain go cold. I wondered if people could see it in my eyes when I smiled at them and took their money. Watching them leave the store with another family's property tucked under their arms. The river that killed my mother was running in my veins and threatened to drown me from the inside. And I wished it would hurry the hell up. Roosevelt's circulations took him in front of my counter. He had a picture frame in his hand and set it down. I'll take this, please. Yes, sir, Mr. President. That'll be five cents. Who's the handsome woman in the frame? I don't know, sir. We got the frame as you see it and sell it as is. Kind of makes you wonder what secrets it holds, doesn't it? Yes, sir, Mr. President. I reckon it does. He finally looked at me then. He gave me a smile. I saw the fires of war in his eyes. Death and blood and fury. It's hard not to get intoxicated by it. I wanted to burn what was left of this wretched town down to the black earth. I smiled at him. I'm famous for my smile. Make no small plans. They have no magic to stir men's blood. Words of that grand visionary and architectural wizard, Daniel Burnham. He always reminded me in some way, when I'd met him, when I was a living man, of President Roosevelt. It might have been the mustache. It might have been the scope of their visions for order and beauty. But Burnham's mind was akin to mine, I felt. These sympathetic connections between minds and bodies would work to my advantage, if I was right. If I could turn my minor damnation, my bodiless and purgatorial existence, into a useful instrument, then I could make grander plans. Incredible plans. Gentlemen and ladies, allow me to introduce our great speaker today. This fellow needs no introduction, but it is my pleasure to introduce him all the same. Why attempt to stir the blood and steer the minds of lesser men? I could do that with my own words when I was alive, and lesser men have little power to sway others as my plans demand. No, my grand plan called for a grand man, and fate delivered one of the grandest within my grasp. Gentlemen and ladies, I present to you President Theodore Roosevelt. Thank you, people of Oklahoma. Thank you, Pleasure Town. Enter the man himself. Enter the king that I would make a pawn. The peoples of Oklahoma have long known the value of working hard. Hard work makes the incredible into the possible and turns dreams into achievements. Surely the peoples of Pleasure Town know the toils and triumphs, the chores and the challenges of carving a life 
out of hardships, of wresting pleasure from the jaws of pain. And I have been told that you all know a good time when you see one. When you play, you play hard. Quietly now, as he is distracted in oratory, I reach out with what's left of me, all of it, my willpower, my expertise, my arcana, and a measure of fury. Perhaps nowhere is the spirit of self-government glowing hotter in any kiln than it is here in Pleasure Town. Perhaps nowhere is it put to a sterner test. My power, like a scalpel to the spine. My will, an infusion in your mind. And I believe... <coughs> um, I say this combination of, a uh, uh, of Oklahoma grit, of, a um, uh, of earthly strength, and <coughs> faith in hope. Here we can see the bountiful possibilities within our fair land. Turn your eyes. Turn your eyes to the best of you, here or absent now, and follow them in spirit, if not in step. Do not make their mistakes. Do not make their mistakes again. But trust them in word and deed. For progress comes in knowing the past, observing the present, and building futures that stand atop our mistakes and triumphs alike, rising toward the light of possibility. Look also amongst yourselves. For those of you who are not as they seem, for those who claim to love your town but cannot be trusted to love it as you would. If you cannot trust a man enough to lend him your coat, then lend him no trust either. For we are not all... As we seem. As we seem. Your trust is a prize to be earned, and until you feel ready to give it with an open hand... Be ready with your fists. Though we have much to fear, we need not be afraid, for great men are here to lend their wisdom to the worthy, to revenge the wronged, and in time... In time, to lead you to better times, to better insights, through the light, to be to a better place, in time. In time. In time. Make no small plans, my friends, for they lack the magic to stir men's blood. I'm sorry, folks. Uh, I've been so stirred by the crowd today that, I, that I've lost my place. Uh, where was I? Magic. That I do not lack. Pleasure Town will return in a moment. It was an odd thing, seeing a politician lose his words like that. I just remember clouds circling overhead. Thought it might be a tornado. Turned out something much We were blind more to many things in those last days, but I don't think we ever could have guessed a pissed-off spirit was among our dangers. We didn't really expect to see the devil either, but he ended up being the sheriff yeah. of our town. Huh. 
Do you think we built Pleasure Town on an Indian burial ground? Everything in Oklahoma is built on an Indian burial ground. That's as sad as it is true. Hey guys, it's Colin Wright, intern for the award-winning Pleasure Town. Thanks for listening to the latest episode. Season 2 is wrapping up and I can't wait for you to hear the final two episodes. You can find us on Facebook by searching for Pleasure Town or on Twitter. Our handle is at PleasureTownOK. And you can now find us on our brand new Instagram by searching for Pleasure Town Show. We would also love it if you gave us a rating and review on iTunes. We are so excited to announce that our Ride and Episode contest is returning, so stay tuned for more information in the coming weeks. This episode of Pleasure Town was written by Sam Bailey, Josh Zagorin, Keith Ecker, Nathan Ballingrud, and Will Heinmarch. Performed by Josh Zagorin, Zach Bartz, Justin Kaufman, Sam Bailey, Brittany Love Smith, Kelsey Huff, Michaela Petro, Daniel Kerr, and Trevor Dawkins. Editorial oversight by Joe Dassault with help by Robert Anderson and Justin Bolt. Our executive producers are Keith Ecker and Aaron Cahoe. Our associate producer is Emily Modaff, who saps something out of you. Takes a bit of your life until she takes it all. Our interns are Joe Courtney, Brady Guy, Lizzie Seidenstricker, and me, Colin Wright. Original music was composed and performed by River Rising's Megan Diger and Tim Hazen, and engineered by Colin Ashmead Bobbitt. Pleasure Town is a part of the WBEZ Podcast Network. Discover more excellent shows at wbez.org slash podcasts. Pleasure Town is an ever-growing interactive narrative which relies on your creativity, your imagination, and especially your voice to expand the legend. Find out how you can join the story at PleasureTownShow.com. At a time when information continues to come at us faster and faster, Sometimes you need to hit pause and rewind. NPR's Throughline takes you back in time to the source of the news stories filling your feed. Find NPR's Throughline wherever you get your podcasts.